Previously on Dice Paper Roll. In the devil's grip, the party was bound. As Calatras tried to bring them all round. The ancient blood war, the devils would win. And if the tight five desired, they could have in. His offer was met with mirth and derision. As for the heroes, twas an easy decision. Calatras, however, was not best pleased, and so their freedom he immediately seized. The party woke up in a torture room. Things would get messy if they weren't free soon. They begged their jailer, old devil Bruvel, but to their pleas he was immovable. With a spell, a smile, and a subtle charm, they finally twisted old Bruvel's arm. Setting them free at the very last moment, Bruvel led them onwards to a god in torment. Up to find the goddess Salune, up to find the goddess of the moon, eh? In the words of Tim, Neil, and the rest of Crowded House, hey now, hey now, don't dream it's over. Well, it isn't quite yet. This is the last <laughs> chapter for book two. Dice Paper Roll, book two, chapter 23. Yeah. DPR is as ever, brought to you by the people who put their money where their mouth is, our patrons from Patreon. They are, in reverse order, Trevor Goodchild, Trent Denham, Terry Keller, Sammy Duncan, Ryan Lewis, Robbie Anderson, Mika Wallace, Matthew Undead, Ben, Lloyd Wagstaff, Liam Sterner R, Louis Potter, Leaf Burner, Casper Morris, Jasper Parker, Irene Cucci, Danny Carroll, Daniel B, Daniel King, Blake Douglas and August Park. That's them. We've got quite a few now. Yeah, that's quite a list. Not enough. Join up on Patreon. www.patreon.com forward slash dice paper roll and put your money where your mouth is. And we'll put your name where our mouth is yep. by saying it. <laughs> <laughs> and including NPCs and sending out merch and mm-hmm. uh, like cool stuff, other stuff we haven't thought of yet. And all of those new Patreon tiers that we promised we'd have installed four episodes ago. Yeah, because like it's March now and by the time you're listening to this, it's October. So we'll have our shit together. No doubt. Hence all the topical humour. Um, <laughs> my name is Emil. I play Brokai the Goliath Barbarian. You know who he is by now. And if you haven't, go back and listen, you lazy bastards. Did you see that latest tweet? My name's Jack and I'm playing Ariki's <laughs> song, A Tiefling Bard. Um, uh, uh, I am... So shit at this. <laughs> <laughs> My name's Ben. I play Snatch, the halfling rogue and gunslinger. And that's all I've got to say about that. My name's Greg. I play Alan, Aaron, Aeon, an ASMR sorcerer of Helm. And of course, no one uses Twitter anymore. It's all about Snapchutes. <laughs> oh. Snatchutes? Where Snatch teaches you how to be really good at stuff. <laughs> hey, look at me, I'm Snatch. I'm Eden Apple. You can do it too. He's got lots of YouTube subscribers. 
And I'm Dan. I play Thandor, the human fighter and cleric of Tempest, but I am the dungeon master on my final episode chapter. I said chapter. Chapter. Cool. Chapter. Chapter. Say it, Frenchie. <laughs> uh... Let's just fucking jump straight into it, because we have a bit of a shitstorm on our hands. So, you are within Calatras's chamber on the second layer of hell, Dis. You are within the Iron Tower. Beside you is the small, weakened form of Salune, Amelia. Manacled to the wall, Calatras has just entered the room... He sees you all. This is where it ends. You will all die here today. Roll for motherfucking initiative! I mean, we might. We might all die today. That's, uh, that's, that's not good. That's the, um... Can we have advantage on that? <laughs> No. Only if you're me and you're wearing goggles and still shit. Brackeye gets an initiative. Or, or Brackeye. I got a 5. 13. 12 for Alan. And um, 16 for Brackeye. Uh, so, Calatras strides into the room. His red robes flowing along the ground. Uh, it's blackened and tattered at the ends. His alabaster skin, his clawed, rigid fingers reach out towards you. And he casts Blight, which is a fourth level spell, at you, Brackeye. Could you please make a constitution saving throw for me? Senor. You know it. 24. 24. Whoa. You succeed. Constitute that. Uh, so his rigid white claw-like hands point towards you, seeing you as one of the strongest of this group and the champion of Salune. And this black magic starts to wither from his fingertips and starts to head towards you. It slams into you and it envelops you but you grit your teeth against it. But a tattoo of uh, a table makes itself bright on his chest. Yeah, the table. It's supporting it's got supporting you. It's got good memories. Yeah, that's right. Sturdy. Giving you a platform. So you take 39 points of... Uh, necrotic damage, but that is halved because you saved on it, so that is 18 points of necrotic damage. And you feel your skin wither underneath this dark magic. Uh, it is now Brackeye's turn. Brackeye's rocky skin appears to age in front of your very eyes, and he looks down towards Amelia and says, You have to promise that you protect my friends. And Brackeye starts his rage. His pupils dilate, his muscles bulge, his half-burnt mohawk stands on end, a tattoo of an olive jar illuminates on his ankle, and he starts his transformation into a shape-changer as he charges at the bad guy. Calatras. Calatras. As he charges at Calatras. Does he howl? Oh! 
making a reckless attack in a, in a frenzy, in a frenzied reckless attack. As you look at the form of Amelia and you say, look after my friends, and she says that she will, the energy, the aura that she gives off to you, you start to transform with the help of the necklace, but also within her presence. The transformation is not painful. You don't pop and crack as you have every other time. It is a seamless transformation. You Instead flow. he pops and locks. You <laughs> pop and lock into your form. Body isos it into his shapeshifter form. Um, he sloughs his flesh. Sloughs. As, as he does a final uh, pirouette, he charges. My dog brings all the boys to the yard. Uh, like, it's better. As you howl, Blue moon dust lifts off of your tattoos and it forms in your maw as you howl at the sky and this blue energy forms into a ball and you cast moonbeam. Damn, that's a surprise. I didn't know I could do that. Can I, uh, maybe it forms into an olive jar? Uh, no, it casts into Moonbeam. <laughs> it forms into a little butt and casts Moonbeam. Because it's way cooler. Yeah. <laughs> like a little olive. The well. jar lid opens and an olive comes out and <laughs> starts piffing little Moonbeam off. It, it flies up in the air and it just grows in size until this huge <laughs> olive just lands on top of Galadras. Well, that's the end of the game, folks. <laughs> trying to think of a good olive-related death pun. Sorry, Pipped just him one. At the What's what was his Ca- name? Kalamata? Yeah. Ca- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, just one second. I'm just trying to do something cool for you. That's that. We've already done that with the olives. <laughs> <laughs> I died before I ever really olived. Oh, <laughs> That's got to be the pit, Greg. That's got to be the pit. The bottom of the pit. <laughs> so this silvery beam of pale light explodes from your moor and it then centers onto Calatras and he is enveloped in this 40 foot high cylinder of pure moonlight. Roll for me please, 3d10 uh, and I must make a constitution save against DC 14. So that is a 17. So he actually saves against it. So the damage is halved. Well, it was only 14, so seven points of damage. Seven points of damage. So the the moonlight radiance envelops around him and it starts to sear his skin and small plumes of smoke start to rise up out of his robes as he is enveloped in this radiant light. He grits his teeth as his fingers are still outstretched towards you. It's still your turn, so you can do what you were going yeah. to do. Brackeye charges in and makes the second of his, the second and third attacks. First. First! Bonus moonbeam, yes! Oh, that, that, um, that is a 17 to hit for the first attack. That hits. That is a 21 to hit the second attack. That hits. That is a another 21 to hit on the third attack. They all hit. Suck on that. Come try to move for a He mutters as he bites and scratches his way towards Calatras's middle. Very much 
five plus 17, uh, 22 for the first attack. Sorry, yeah. how much? 22 for the first attack. Um, 25 for the second attack. And 27 for the third attack. Some low bloody rolls. 74 all up. Yeah, low bloody rolls. Yeah, that was real low. Yeah. yeah. How can you... Yeah. You live with yourself. Yeah. Don't forget the seven points from the moonbeam damage. Oh, yeah. oh, that's all right. Yeah, yeah. I, I was unimpressed until you said that. Um, <laughs> wow. With the light of Salune coursing through your veins, the lichen mohawk glows brighter. S- it turns it's, silver. It turns silver and it stands on end like hackles. And you rush in towards Calatras, slashing ferociously at him. And you claw across his chest and then a second claw against his chest. And then you dig your teeth into his shoulder and tear his flesh from him. With Brekai's claws, he pulls him right close to his muzzle and just buries his maw into the shoulder of him. Rip out his anything. Rip it out. Yeah, you tear the flesh from his bones, and there is this massive gaping wound left in his shoulder. Um, now, don't forget, you get an advantage on your next attack against me. I know. Melee attack. Si, senor. Yes. Uh, awesome. That was Brackeye. Um, it is now Snatcher's turn. Snatch, looking through his goggles, grabs his pistols from the holsters at his hips and he tumbles to the side so that he gets a better sightline uh, beyond his raging werewolf friend and using the goggles he, he sights Calatras and he uses his a grit point uh, for his dead eye ability so he gets advantage on the shot and he lines up the alabaster devil in his sights and the alabaster the alabaster devil in his sights and he takes a shot great roll to attack so it's a 16 and a 2 so 16 minus 4 yes thank you uh 12 it's 22 to hit that hits d10 damage Whoa, 5 and then my sneak attack Hey, that's all right. 25. 30 points of damage in the one shot. Oh, that's a good shot. Oh, that's a good shot. That's a good shot. Who's been a naughty devil then? Uh, that's a sick fucking burn. That's a, <laughs> that's a sick fucking Kmart burn right there. You dive to one side, rolling and then coming up onto one knee and you aim down the sight. So the goggles uh, that you wear, the red box, uh, and it's like, when it uh, locks onto... uh, His button. Onto onto Brackeye. And then the opening becomes clear and it locks in onto Calatras. You fire your shot just as Brackeye lifts his mouth away after biting into his shoulder and you blast straight into um, Calatras's peck and it shatters his chest. He is hurt. And then I use my cunning action to run further around behind Calatras and to, um, yeah, just, just to get behind there. Awesome. Yeah, after you have just quickly 
come up onto one knee, you fired off the shot, and then you dive and then sprint around the other side of him. And uh, yeah, you're now on the opposite side. Uh, Calatras is going to use one of his legendary actions because he fucking needs it. Oh, I've heard about this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was whispered about in my village. It's a tall tale told at night. So, it's in a storybook. Calatras looks you square in the face, Brackeye, and square in the snout. Square in the snout, and says, "You're gonna fucking die." <laughs> <laughs> That's all I've got. The stuff of legends. <laughs> uh, and so he's going to use his paralyzing touch. So that is a spell attack. With Plus 12, so that's 24 to hit. Oh, yeah. Uh, roll for me a constitution saving throw. Oh, I'm nervous. I'm real nervous. Oh, I don't want to bloody paralyze and touch. Bloody, oh. You got it. Oh, no. Oh, you don't got it. Nine. He grips you by the throat, and his touch is cold. You feel your energy sap. You take nine points of cold damage. As you feel the cold energy course through your veins into the pit of your stomach, and you are paralyzed for one minute. Uh, So you can repeat the saving throw at the end of each of your turns. So now it is Alan's turn. Uh, so as Brackeye is locked in place in front of Calatras, uh, the golden wings burst from Alan's back and a bright nimbus of light shines around him. Um, his eye sockets glow uh, with golden light that shine forward like a pair of ever-ready torches and he lifts <laughs> into the air his his uh, huge golden wings, wingspan flapping and stirring dust in the room as he leaps over the top of Calatras and floats above him uh, and electricity begins to build around him swirling around his body and arms um, and as he looks down at Calatras his voice booms out Do you know what happens to a devil that gets hit by lightning? The same thing that happens to... Oh, no, that's shit. Electric Justice! (laughs) Um, And a six-level twin-spelled Electric Justice uh, fired down at him. So... Never heard Alien back out of a taunt halfway through. It was... It was a real shit taunt. <laughs> I was kind of waiting for it to ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight. Oh, oh I could have used that later. Um, so 23 to hit. Um, and on my second one, I am going to use Favor of the Gods uh, for a 20 to hit. They both hit? Yes. Yeah, I got some... Uh, Got some D12s there, boys? Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah sure here do. you go. You want some D12s? Yeah. I'll give you some D12s, mate. I got two. I think uh, it's bad luck to take the DM's D12s. Actually, I don't have any D12s. Neither do I. Here's uh, six. Uh, six? Yeah, I need two more. Okay. Uh, I sh- allow me to reach into my pouch. Into your pouch. That is into your pouch. Thank you. 
Holy hold God. It close, hold it close to the microphone. That's the, that's the sound of pain. That is an ASMR. That's an ASMR doing some ASMR for you right there, folks. Yeah. So that is 12 to 12. Oh, God. Are you sure you're not cheating in any way? <laughs> um, oh, no. Uh, oh, no, bro. 10, 20, 29, 37, 47, 48, 69, 79, 81 points of electricity damage. Uh, um, sorry, um, 81. Oh, uh, no, Radiant Soul. Um, 93. 93 points of electricity damage. Oh, well, 81 points of electricity <laughs> damage and 12 points of radiant damage to... How does that taste? Calatras. Calatras. Uh, yeah, tastes good. Tasty. Electric justice. <laughs> um... That was book... <laughs> <laughs> You, Aelan, after seeing the cold touch envelop Brackeye, you feel the need to protect him. He is in mortal danger, and you rise up on your golden wings in the moonlight of Brackeye's moonbeam, and with your combined radiance and electricity, the electricity coursing down your arms, with one hand you fire down a bolt of electricity and then with your other you fire down a second bolt of electricity both coursing through Calatras and he looks up at you screaming in pain as white hot light fills his mouth his eyes burn white hot and his whole form starts to crack and these fissures ripple across his skin and the same white light shines out from each crack as his whole body... Agent Smith's. Agent Smith's, like, he... No, it's not, It's even... It's cooler than that. <laughs> <laughs> In the radiant light of... Uh, of the moonbeam it's it's that whole like anime thing of it's the fucking white light and then he just turns into this kind of silhouette as he slowly disintegrates and breaks apart and then is just no longer there oh man I got to do that again next round if you were still alive I was hoping he'd survive again <laughs> well you just did fucking how much like 90, 93 93 yeah. you did uh, Brackeye you did like fucking 70 70 uh, something plus the 7 from the moonbeam so yeah. it was 84 at least you <laughs> did fucking sneak attack on him <laughs> then Arikis runs in and like just slams her loot into the place where Calatras <laughs> was attack <laughs> I think I got him, guys. Oh, killing blow. Amazing work, Arikis. Arikis, Arikis. <laughs> you watch as your tormentor, your greatest fear, the fear that lies deep within you, in the pit of your stomach, it 
disintegrates in front of you and he is no longer there. You rush up and you start slamming your loot into the ground at where he was. You don't break the loot. So so I thought he was going to and <laughs> Yeah. You slam your your loot into the, the remaining dust of Calatras. Tears stream down your face as and, you lit out your frustration. And I, um, and I scram... Ariki scrambles some of the dust together and then runs to the window and punches it through the The stained stained glass window. And your stained glass sucked anyway! Is Brackeye still paralysed? Yeah, you have to roll a constitution save once more. 19. Uh, yeah, that's a, it's actually a DC 18. Brackeye sees the window smash in front of him and a look of puzzlement crosses his face. He goes, oh, stained glass. I've never seen that before. <laughs> <laughs> and then as he's picking himself up, up, up off the ground, he, he, he's in his left hand he feels a small vial and he picks it up and it's the small blue vial containing the soul of Emily and he goes up to Bruvel and looks him in the eyes places it in his hand and then reaches in for a kiss but then realises it's probably too much uh, Bruvel takes the vial the crystal jar that has the blue soul of Emily in it and tears run down his face now that he has his daughter back and he looks at you and says, Thank you, Brackeye. I'm just sorry we couldn't save her life. At least we've saved her afterlife. Yeah. And Aelan, at this point, you realise that your charm monster should have worn off by this point. I'm realising that Aelan uh, flies down and lands next to Brackeye in all his golden, glowing glory and uh, looks into the eyes of Bruvel to see if he has become hostile. Insight? Yeah, Roland Insight. Matt, you're Dr. Oh, Phil in that motherfucker. I could have done with a critical on the fucking spell attack, though. Uh-huh. Just saying. Well, it well, was enough anyway. You didn't anyways. need it, though, did you? I always need it. Okay. Double the <laughs> it's dice. It's pretty right? fun to roll 24d12. Um, you look in his eyes and you see the tears pooled just underneath his eyelids, the tears streaming down his face, and you can see the genuine thankfulness. Brekai starts to cry as well and gives him a hug. And he hugs you back. It's all right. Things will be all right. I don't know what to do with her. Take her for me. I can't do anything here with her. Surely you're staying here. I made a promise. Promises to dead men don't count. I'm a devil now. I can't. I have to 
abide by the law of the devil. And once this is over, I will be free. But please, please take her. Look after her. What, what, what do you What do you mean? Once this is all over, isn't it? Isn't it over now? The war's only beginning. Oh, that whole thing. Wait. So we killed Calatras, and that didn't fix that. One lieutenant dies doesn't end the war. Whoa, wait. What about the right tenant? Look, I mean, when, <laughs> in terms of in terms of the body corporate, we can't do anything about it. When you have right tenants, it's it's very good. But you know, sometimes they're on the left side. Anyways, we killed the left one. <laughs> um, and. Bruval hands you the crystal jar and he starts to leave. One more thing before you go. Can you help us get rid of these chains? Brackeye refers to her, of course, Amelia. Yes, I can. Bruval walks over and then uh, with his fingertip, he carves an abyssal rune into both manacles. I wouldn't have thought of that for at least 20 minutes. Uh, and then the manacles pop open and she has now been freed. Well, it's what we came here to do. We did it. Aye, thank goodness. What about you, your, your ladyship? What should we call you? Amelia or... or Salute, salute me. That's what I said. (laughs) Ah, Brackeye. I love your jokes. They make me laugh. (laughs) No! (laughs) No, die! No! No! Please, I'm a I'm weak. Aylan, Aylan, try, try something. Ricky, someone, someone. Uh, Aylan steps forward and grasping Salune with both hands, he casts a level three cure wounds um, and the golden energy courses down his arms into Salune. As to do that snatch, knowing that he can only look on helplessly, uh, puts his arm around your shoulder, your hairy lycanthrope like shoulder, arm knee. Ariki's casts a protection from good and evil. Oh, come on, sorry. Oh, my please f- help. My heel didn't get through. Something's <laughs> protecting me instead. Nineteen. Awesome. You both uh, come in close to Amelia, to Salune, and the golden energy radiates from you, Aelan, in your angelic form. As Arikis, you play a song to protect her from the, the evils, the fiendish creatures that inhabit this realm, that inhabit this tower. The light courses through your arms, Aelan, and fills Salune. And she looks at you and says, I'm not wounded. 
I'm too weak. My power. I'm fading. And Ariki's starts to play a different song. She plays Ariki's song and I don't know, sees how it goes. <laughs> Awaits response from the crowd in that ridiculous one. Do I need to up the tempo? I'm on, I'm on here. Yep. How do you like them ones? Hey. Apples. Apples. Nobody said apple snatch. <laughs> I appreciate the comfort though. I can do a perform check if you want. Please do. Don't roll a one. <laughs> Uh, 29. 29, yeah, that's pretty good. Um, awesome. You start to play your song, and Amelia's eyes grow wide and bright. And your music fills the air. And then there is an accompanying sound. The sound of Amelia singing in harmony with you and the power begins to course through both of you Braco starts to beatbox have fun with that in post mate (laughs) (laughs) then he stops straight away (laughs) realising he's killing the gem Um, the power uh, courses through both you and Amelia and the same light particles that Occurred when Brackeye cast the moonbeam from his howl. The light particles start to form around the two of you and they form into a sphere. And then time freezes. The light particles suspended in the air and Brackeye, Alan, Snatch, and Thandor, you are frozen in time as Arikis. Your eyes go white. Arikis, you find yourself standing on a, a wooden platform suspended over an enormous lake. Redwood trees uh, hold these platforms up and you recognise this place as Sossel, your home. Home! And it's the vision that you had in the chamber when you played your song trying to stop the moons and it's when it's the the Sossel but it's thawed it's not a frozen wasteland and you see the same figure in white robes carrying a bundle and placing it at the door of a home and as the figure turns and starts to walk away they look directly at you and you recognise the face the face of Amelia of Salune. Oh, it was you. You all along. Yes, Arikis. It was me. You and I are connected. Sick. (laughs) (laughs) Through your song. Your power is my power. But, like, mostly mine, right? Like, 
Yes, it's mostly yours. Yeah, so I thought. Orikis, I am weak. Yes. Um. What? What? I'm. What can I do about that? I'm. I'm just. I need your help. Yeah, but I'm. I'm. I'm not really anybody. I, I've. I mean, obviously, oh. all this stuff just happened, but it's... Oh, Rikis, you are so wrong. You aren't nobody. You are a Rikis song. It is through your song that you help me fight my sister. My sister, Shah, we have been entrenched in war... For all eternity, we continuously battle, and every thousand years, my power wanes. But that is where you and your song, you give me strength. And I'm asking you in this moment to give me strength. I need your help. Otherwise, my sister Shah will cover the entire multiverse in darkness and the devils will reign supreme. Everything that is good and light will fade to darkness. I, I understand what you're saying, but I, I don't... I, I'm not sure I understand what you're asking of me. I... I mean, I've got this nice song, and it, granted, it, I wrote it, it was really good, but I don't know that I understand what I can actually do for you. I have no m magical powers. Like, you should speak to Elan. He's He's got really good magical powers. He, I, you should see what he did to Calatras. Oh, you did see what he did to Calatras. I saw that. But, Arigis, you're... Power is greater than Aelan's, greater than Thandor's. You. So if you we would have. stop moons from colliding. Our celestial bodies, Shah and I. But I didn't. I didn't no. stop them. Shah was clever this time. She kidnapped me. Through the help of the devils and the goblins, she kidnapped this avatar, this form that I am now in. And then they were able to capitalize on my absence and stop you. But with our powers combined, we will fight them. We will push them back. I ask you, Arikis, to join me, to allow me to join with your body. This form that I inhabit now is too weak. I need a new avatar to help me regain my strength. And with that, we will fight back this evil. Will you help me? How, how would that work? I, you would be me. Would, 
would I cease to be myself? Because I've got to be honest with you, Salune. I've been there and played that song, and I'm not sure if I want to do that again. I would not ask the same as what Calatras did to you. He split your mind. He created and fested the evil within you that became Republicies. I will be with you, but I will not be you. But I will be you, and you will be me. Right. Um. But you will also save the multiverse. Will you let me do this? Please, Arikis, I beg you. Arikis um, steps away for a moment and looks and walks across the planks of the, the bridge running between two redwoods. She walks along the path and comes to a house and stops and looks through the windows and then out beyond the, the lake, which is... Um, it, it's a lake normally in Ariki's yeah, time it was frozen and, um, and she puts her hand to the door you can hear the music the sound within of the tieflings playing the song and she says alright I'll do this for you but you've got to promise me that we'll make it through and you've got a shake on it. I will do everything in my power to help us get through this. Alright then. But I can't promise that we will. Fuck. Alright. Um, and she holds her hand out to you. And Ariki spits in it. <laughs> <laughs> then holds out her hand. And Salune spits in her hand and then... <laughs> No, no, you've, you've got to spit in my hand. Salune <laughs> spits in your hand and then you clasp hands and shake. And as your hands clasp, moon dust bursts forth and radiates around you and you find yourself back in the throne room of Dis. The particles of moon dust still suspended in the air, time frozen. The particles slowly start to move and swirl, and time continues its passage. And then Amelia rises up and begins to walk towards you, Arikis, her voice continuing in tune with your lute. And then Amelia begins to become ethereal. Light begins to emanate from within her and you notice that your own skin begins to glow from within. Uh, uh, don't stop, don't stop playing. She continues. <laughs> your skin becomes translucent as the light grows brighter. Fuck, they got three kidneys. It's Strike. <laughs> and he like whips out his recorder and <laughs> plays Baba Black like Sheep alongside. Uh, and both. 
Both you and she begin to lift from the ground and slowly float in circles around one another, slowly drawing closer and closer to one another until the weakened form of Salune merges with your own. Your flowing blonde hair grows longer and fans out behind you, floating on the resonance of your song. Your fiendish horns retract, forming back into your forehead as a silvery circlet intertwines and wraps around your head and glowing gems of moonstone blossom from the circlet. Your eye patch disintegrates and your two eyes grow bright with white light. Your leathery wings sprout white feathers as you float and rotate in the air, continuously playing your song as you become the avatar of the Moon Maiden, Our Lady of Silver, the White Knight Lady, Salune. You strike the final chord of your song and the dancing particles of moonlight burst forth and Brackeye, Aelan, Snatch and Thandor, you are all blinded by the brilliance and you see a vision. Thandor is lying beside his dead mother and father, orphaned by a war that he knew nothing of. As war lion Voth cradles him and begins to lead him from his home, Thandor looks over the shoulder of Voth at his dead parents as another priest of Tempest removes the glowing moonstone-encrusted belt from his mother. Brackeye, you climb the mountain as you did on the day of your rites of passage. The snow and wind howling around you and through the whirling snow you see glowing atop the mountain range, the greatsword that was your prize, and you notice glowing in the pommel of the sword, a moonstone, a tear, of Salune. Snatch, you are in a room of opulence. The paintings hang from the wall. The, the painting that you were charged with stealing by the Thieves' Guild. And as you lean over the old man, the man who should not have been there, and as you see the light fade from his eyes, as you pull your dagger from his ribs, glowing on his finger, a ring and set within it a piece of the moon that glints in the firelight. And Aelan, you are in a sitting room as your mother reads to you. As you sit in her lap, she tells you of the good and protection that Helm offers. As you play with the necklace around her neck, the necklace with a gauntleted open palm and at the glowing centre of the palm, a moonstone. The necklace that now hangs around your neck, Aelan, that glows with white hot radiance in the resonance and glow of Salune's avatar, Ariki's. Sorry, sorry. Oh, I fucking tore that bit. Shouldn't have torn that bit. Should have prepared this bit earlier. It's okay. You can, um, you can still. You can make out what that says. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that you can. I have been watching you all for some time. All of your paths have led you here. 
to me. You are the guardians of light, the silver stars, and you will once more bring balance to the multiverse. Well, it's certainly got more gravitas than the Tide Five. A few more syllables, too. Protectors yeah. of light, was it? Guardians of light? It's fucking cool. Guardians of the multiverse? Damn. There's a franchise in that, surely. Surely. That sounds marvellous. You'd have to be... <laughs> You'd have to be a total garden to put that together. Wait. Uh, Rikis, you... You knew... This... You're, you're not a Rikis anymore, are you? Uh... I, I... I think I'm still the same. Maybe? Probably... Probably still the same. Better depth perception, though, I'd suggest. Yes. 3D is great. Yes. Fucking pissed off about my horns, though. And you just grow them back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they grow back. Um, they shaped my face perfectly well. Um, Sweet wings, though. Yeah, that's pretty Ooh, feathery. Mm. Uh, well, you you seem to have more knowledge than you had before, as a Rikis. I mean. How the hell are we going to get back to... How the hell? How are we going to get back to Greymead? I could try and Dimension Door. I don't know if that'd... It, I don't think it. you could Dimension Door out of hell. Oh, fuck. It's got a range of like... Yeah, 500 feet. <laughs> That's far enough, right? <laughs> I don't know feet. That'll work. Yeah. It's got a 500... Yeah, 500 feet. That's two layers of hell, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Right. It's like five centipedes. Human centipedes. Um... I mean, I guess we could just come back the way we came in, right? Within you, Arikis. Your now combined essence of yourself and Salune. You can feel her power course within you. You feel the radiant energy of the moons and how you have given her back power and she starts to hum the song within you and then you continue to play your song through the lute and once more dust motes of moonstone and calatras and calatras <laughs> whipped up amongst it the <coughs> swirling some calatras in my throat <laughs> The swirling vortex that you create through the power and resonance of your song. And it whips around, filling the room as two more figures step through the doors. A seven foot tall man with one foot that is a cloven hoof, two small horns that protrude from his head, long black hair, and he carries a huge iron... Rod, and beside him, a woman with raven black hair and dark wings and purple eyes that pierce your vision, Arikis. And this is Shah, the mistress of night, and Despater, the archdevil of Dis as the swirling vortex builds around you and then the light 
culminate, sucked in towards you, towards your loop, towards your very essence. And you all vanish from the second layer of this, from the Iron Tower. And that's where we will end book two. And that is the end of book two of Dice Paper Roll. We'll be bringing you book three sometime in the near future, but if uh, you want to stay in touch, please do. We're all over social media. Um, we'd love to have your patronage as well, so if you do like to support us, then jump on Patreon and, and, and please pledge. Um, it helps a lot. Um, we do a lot of this for, for nothing and next to it. Um, so that was an incredible story told by the three DMs and, and brought to an amazing conclusion by Danny here. And I hope you enjoyed it as much as we have bringing it to you. We, we love making this show and we'll, we will make it regardless um, of any, if anyone listened to it or not, we would probably make it because it's just what we love to do. We love to play D and D and we, we love to, I don't know, share our stories. So um, it's so great that we've got a bit of, uh, listenership we, we we love having a community that we engage with so thank you for listening thank you for sticking with it thank you for being there for us and being the the sixth member of the party the awkward sixth finger on the hand that you wish you weren't born with but is there anyway and you learn to love because positive self-image i think that <laughs> says it all <laughs> what a way to end book two yeah. a special shout out to our six-fingered listeners yes dear oh dear well We'll see you in the near future with book three. Um, apart from that, be good and um, or bad. Either way, just yeah. be there. Be you. Be good. I've said that again. As long as you're listening, do whatever. Yes. <laughs> just keep those downloads rolling. <laughs> All right. Tide five out. Oh, oh, out. Boy, oh boy. Jeez. All right, welcome to the final Loose 10 with the tight five of book two. Danny, well done, sir. Well done, sir. Well done to you all. Another liberal agenda. Well done to you all. Well done to you all. Mate. Talk to us. How are you feeling? Um, I feel... Uh, I feel sad. 
I feel, um, I don't know. I'm, I, I'm, yeah, I feel kind of sad about it as I feel, fuck, you guys destroyed the fuck out of Calatras. I was like, I looked at the time and it was at like 30 minutes and I was like, Oh, fuck, like, this I was expecting was to go on a whole lot longer, but, like, after those... A lich only has 135 hit points, according to the Monster Manual, and it was just like, holy shit, you guys just fucking destroyed him within a turn. But Calatras wasn't a lich. He wasn't a lich, but I was just using a a lich, a lich's monster um, Skin grafted, what do they call it? Um, Reskinned. um, yeah, reskinned uh, a lich as Calatras, and I was just like, "Yeah, you fucking destroyed him in uh, no time." So much for a challenge rating twenty-one. Um, I just, I, I just want to bring attention to the fact that just before we fought him, you pointed out that he was a challenge rating twenty-one, and we all, well, particularly Ben and I, were like, mm. um, and you said, "Do better." And um, so we did. We did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You took on uh, my uh, instructions and uh, did it to the nth degree. I was just kind of a little bit disappointed that it was taken out so quickly that um, Ariki's didn't really get the opportunity to sort of have a a smash at old um, Calatras. Um, and I was like, oh, do I just... Yeah, but she should have rolled better, right? Yeah. I was I like... didn't roll at all. Oh, your initiative. initiative. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I was like, oh, do, should I just bump up... I should have just bumped up the stats and just given you an extra one. Nah, that's all good. It was fine. It was good to have her come in and just smack the ground. It yeah, fine. it was... It's a good moment. I liked it. It was just difficult after like a fucking hundred points of fucking damage that it was like... Oh, not many things can really fucking survive that. Um, yeah. <coughs> Other than that, um, sorry I took your horns away. I didn't mean it like as a kind of trying to, um, <clears throat> yeah, like take away your character. It's not that I wanted to take Ariki's away. It was that um, being aware of the fact that... Um, you're going to be going back to London again? And I was like, how can we kind how of... get horns through Heathrow Airport? I mean, it's, yeah. you know, they tend to... Technically a bladed weapon. There, you know, yeah. it's not, I'll pull you aside straight away. Yeah, I was just um, wanting to sort of give you a way of still being able to be within the podcast, but if it's not as frequent as what we usually play like having a way of you being able to come in and out of it and so i was like what if you form with salune and you go from hardcore devil to the complete opposite um yeah that's all good it's fine um i grew them back Mm. it's easy Good new demonstration of powers. Demonstration. Right. <laughs> Devil. Devil's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was great. Um, it, I, I would have, I definitely would have liked to get in a few hits, but it was, it was fine. It was, it was good. It was really mm. good. 
Um, yeah, we'll see how it all goes. I'm sensing uh, uh, we're just feeling flat and sad, right? The jack's going and it's over. I think sensing a bit of like, oh. I feel sad that it's like, oh, wow, like we've finished book two already. Whoa. Mm. Okay. Okay. Wow. Like this is, I know you'll be listening to this in, in October or whenever, but um, we, this is March for us. So we really have um, smashed it out, powered through this recording window. And um, yeah, it, it, it feels bittersweet. Great to have done it, got through it. I mean, what an achievement to have done what we've done and, 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 you know, made the second book of our show, but it just was like, oh God, it's, it's over. I wasn't quite ready. I wasn't quite ready for it to be done. I love playing D&D. I love playing this game. I love making this podcast. Okay. Well, I guess there's always book three, right? Mm. Yeah, the next four weeks, live shows. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm sad that Jack's going away from the table again. It's been mm. so awesome to have you back for Adelaide and... Um, and this book, but, um, yeah, it feels, I feel like that uh, idea of the merging of Salune and Ariki's to be able to bring, you know, for her to be able to reappear is sort of, um, uh, it's bolstering while, you know, while you're going away that the, the, the door has been left open. I think that was a really good way to, mm. to leave that, um, that open that way and um kudos to danny for that but um you know book three still gonna happen it's coming up and um mm. i'm excited about that and it feels like while there's a, a pin been put in like a major part of the story there's still a lot more to go and uh yeah i'm excited for that yeah me too it's gonna be good yeah for sure How are you feeling, Ben? I f- look. I uh, I think we. I feel a bit. Um, oh, fuck. I don't know. It's been such an epic. It's been an epic few months. Been really, really epic. This is the culmination of a busy, busy time. I feel similar to you guys. A bit sad that it's over. Excited for what's coming. Sad that Jack's leaving the table physically again. Mm. Um, it's been. Really brief, brief stay, um, but heaps of fun. Uh, mixed emotions, yeah. Mixed emotions, but I, I'm also very proud of what we've done over the last little while. Uh, lots of character development. Like I was trying to think before, so listeners, we just did our last three episodes today in one day and just thinking about what we did in Adelaide and just trying to think of all that stuff. We had a bit of a character check-in before the show about, oh, where are our characters at after that personal hell thing? And there's been so much character growth over book two, I think. It's been... Um, character reduction in the case of Ariki's and then <laughs> regrowth. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, there's been a lot to take in, I think. It's going to take a while to settle in and then we get the weird experience as well of like editing it and listening to it again episode by episode. Um, oh, my God. I'm, that last episode, I, I, I know that that's a little... Um, it's going to be a little little Easter egg to listen to back to when I'm doing the composition and go, ah, ah, this is, ah, ah, I remember this at the table and thinking how shit it was. Well, yeah, I have a feeling that it's going to be hard to make the music for that. 
Mm. What do you mean? There was so that many elements. Oh. oh no, just just shit in terms of like, oh god, that's oh, still got to have that. And then then there's the recorded with Baba Black Sheep, and then there's this, and then there's that. Oh, I expect, <laughs> I fully oh, expect that to be cut out. <laughs> <laughs> I actually uh, said it in a space where I was like, mm, Ben can cut this nicely. <laughs> <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny whether I thought that I would at the time. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, it's a weird feeling coming to the mm. end of a book, isn't it? Because you want to keep playing, but also like we've just had a huge few weeks. So part of me is also like I'm keen for a rest. Mm. Um, but that's only until I recover and I'm like, fuck, I miss playing D&D with you guys again. Mm. So, you know, it's all good. Yeah, I think I, um, we have done a lot of recording over the last few months. Um, we've been going pretty much every weekend for a couple of months uh, along with Adelaide and we're about to finish off with Melbourne. And um, I think we should all be really proud of what yeah. we've achieved and the work we've put in. And it was pretty daunting when we set out on this little journey. And um, I think we've totally kicked its ass and it's opened our eyes to a bunch of different stuff that we can do and, and it's only on to new heights yeah, for I mean, DPR. Discovering the whole hour-long format, which, you know, mm. is interesting. Discovering playing D&D on when, the streets when you say discovering people. the hour-long, you mean talking about the live shows? Oh, with, sorry, the live, the live shows for Adelaide doing an hour, which I think maybe, you know, I liked a bit more than, than you guys did, but it just gave it a different experience of it and also doing a season of eight live shows in a right row, which we've never night. done before yeah. Yeah. at 10.30 at night, like right. really picking ourselves up. That was difficult and then yeah. like the d and the d on the streets with people yeah and well our listeners won't really understand what know what you mean there. no no so we went we we in adelaide we realized that flyering was really difficult to people that didn't know what D D was so we thought fucking bring the D D to the people and we set up a table and held up a if you followed us on instagram you would have seen it holding up the sign saying come along and play D D for free for a minute and we just played with kids and old people mm. and people that would never play D D. and some of them came to the show some of them didn't but just Sharing that experience with people was really cool and that opens up a lot of possibilities for yeah, us definitely. as well. That's also trademark. So if we see you on the street playing one minute D&D... Yeah, you're gone. fucking sued, bro. You're <laughs> gone. Um, I'm also really stoked with the increase in listenership we had from that. The patrons that have signed on in the last few weeks at March, like hopefully by October it's even more. Book three, we're planning on doing some streaming, right? Like if if the patrons of, I mean, don't hold us to that. Depends how many patrons have jumped on board, but that's yeah. something we hope to do. So yeah. we always keep thinking of new things to do. Mm. Um, it's pretty, yeah. We'll never run out of ways to spend money that we don't have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, but that, yeah. Sorry. Thanks for sticking with us yeah. through through all this and um, continuing to listen. And that's what we make this for is you know so that other people can share in our games, which we think um, no, not to blow smoke up our own asses, but we think our games are pretty special, which is why we wanted to record them. And mm. um, I guess if you're listening, you somewhat agree. And um, yeah, we're just really glad to to share it with you and and continue on that journey together. Well, on that note, that'll be a, the end of a very loose 10 with the type 5 um, and the end of the real end of the book too. I'm sad. I'm so sad, but I'm happy. Oh, I just don't know what to feel anymore. <sighs> Danny, you stirred me right up, bro. You motion man, just twisting and turning and, you know, gee whiz. Powerful stuff. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah, you're about to sign off. 
I was gonna... And that's it for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, what are you going to say about? I was just going to ask you about like any revelations for Brackeye and stuff with Amelia. Oh, it was a big surprise. Um, definitely. Uh, it was the whole... It's the whole thing he's been working towards the whole time to rescue Amelia. It's the whole reason he's been with the Type 5, the whole reason he's been on the quest. Um, and to find out that um, she's actually... Is um, <laughs> just... It was a big revelation, of course. Uh, I think... It's gonna make it's gonna shake shake Brackeye's understanding of what the world is and make him probably be open to the idea of fate as a principle rather than free will. So I don't know. I think there's 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 that. It's gonna yeah, it's gonna rock his whole conception of his life and what he's been doing to this point and um, his place in the world and 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 what his role is in future. I think he's always kind of flown by the seat of his loincloth um <laughs> and now it's gonna probably be a bit more considered because there's more purpose there's something that he's a part of that is bigger than him and bigger than the smaller problems that the him he and the party were facing to this point it's it's global in fact it's multiversal multi multi-universal it's everywhere we gotta we gotta fix all the worlds so yeah, I think um, certainly lots to be getting on with. I'm looking forward to seeing what else is um, what else is in store. Can he cast more magic? I don't know. Find out in book three. That's it. Done. <laughs> See you later. Have a good Bye, one. Everyone. Bye. See you later. Bye. 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 Bye.